Material Components Episode 20 Alone with Yourselves Greetings and welcome to Material Components, the actual play RPG show all about intelligent items and the adventurers who love them. I am your humble dungeon master, Mike Gorgoni, and joining me as always are my stalwart adventurers. Hey, adventurers, how's it going? Pretty good. It's going. Yeah. Hello, folks. Uh, I am Olivia. I will be playing Tears of Cloakbearer, Child of the Outer Storm. I am Elliot, coming to you live from the Green Murder Basement, and I'll be playing Cherish Iron Strike, the Tiefling Sorcerer. Uh, my name is Michael, also coming from a murder basement, but a different one from Elliot, and I'm playing Sid, Emberlight, the Half-Elf Rogue. Uh, hi, I'm Reed Morris. I live in a house. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll be playing oh, yeah. Grawl, the Hobgoblin Warlock. For point of reference for our listeners, yes, indeed, uh, Elliot has moved locations and they are now located in an, an astonishingly green room. Yeah. Very green. Uh, whereas Lisman's current murder basement situation has been a long-standing thing. Yes. <laughs> and also, read point of order, I also live in a house. I just happen to reside Lower part murder, murder basement. basement. Okay. <laughs> I got to get me one of those murder basements. My yeah. house doesn't have one of those. Highly <laughs> recommend. We want to belong. Speaking of belonging, <laughs> let us ask the same question I ask every time, which is whether or not you all remember what happened last time. Because yes. Yeah. We had like a two hour long fight. It's true. Who are you fighting, uh, though? I don't remember fighting. <sighs> we were fighting our demons mm. yeah someone's demons no um, no we didn't get to the demon there was no demon it was it's pawns uh we f- were fighting lucrecia one of the 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 ninth threadless mm. um and some minions and some minions yeah uh and skipping forward we had kind of a challenging conversation with her uh, Is that right? Yeah. Because and, yeah, and Tears of Killer. <laughs> well, spoilers. Tirza was definitely asked a very important question after she accused Lucrezia of being an abomination, and that question was, "And what do the Jarashir do to abominations?" So it seems as though... And then the episode ended. It was weird. Yeah. It was weird. Well, no. Unfortunately, the episode ended with a small conflagration as Lucrezia's body burned to nothing in a back alley of Wickmore's Landing. Actually, the episode ended with me finding out that it was not actually a conflagration and her body burning away to nothing. And it was actually a transportation spell. Either way, there is no more body. Yeah. So the the evidence to whatever crimes you may have committed seems to be fluttering away to ash and nothingness in this slowly snow-filled alley in the back of Wickmore's Landing. 
Just before that, though, there is an incident which I would like to highlight, and that is your encounter with the local garrison of the Haven Guard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In which you attempted to get Lucrezia arrested, immediately abandoned that plan, sicked a blood specter on said police officers. I mean, not really. Arrest us as a distraction. The blood specter did nothing other than exist. He just hovered about. (laughs) Why is is loitering a crime? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I'm doing the best I can as a blood specter dad. Okay. Yeah, it's new to me. It's hard being a parent. (laughs) Yeah, we did run from the authorities. It's true. We did. Duh. And it is That's full stop. <laughs> it is on that note that I would like to bring us back into the moment because the five of you find yourselves in that cold snow-filled alley somewhere in Wickmore's Landing. Probably 5 or 6 blocks away from that Haven Guard garrison which you f- were fleeing from. There is a small circle in the snow that has been melted and charred by whatever magics consumed Lucrezia's body. A blackened outline of her form is still on the brick wall against which she was sitting not moments before. Um, There is still a small pitted mark stained with red where Tirza's lance was pushed all the way through Lucrezia before it hit the wall. You all stand there in a moment of mollified silence, unsure about precisely the nature of everything that just occurred. Uh, Cherish, you're still reeling a little bit from the information that Maz imparted in your mind that that was no evocation, that was a teleportation spell of some kind. Yeah. I think her fingers are kind of, as she's like focusing on this and trying to parse that information, I think her fingers are kind of digging into Camion's arm a little bit because she was still holding him when Tirza was, you know, doing the stabby stuff. And it's at that point that I need everyone to make perception checks. Yep. Ooh, nice. Ooh. Starting it out pretty good. Yeah. 19. 17. 16. 11. Oh. Tirza, you stare for a long, difficult moment at the spot where Lucrezia used to be consumed by the complete absence of anything to say that what you just did happened. There's no evidence of the act you just committed, other than this charred outline in the snow. So that sort of consumes all of your attention and thought. The rest of you hear footsteps crunching up in the snow, just over at the edge of the alley. Turning, you see a figure silhouetted, in the light cast by the living wicks that line the streets of Wickmore's Landing. It's a medium-sized humanoid figure, 
kind of difficult to see their face until they strike a match just in front of themselves. And you see this sallow-faced human, dark skin, kind of sharp cheekbones. Um, but other than that, unremarkable. And he lights a match, brings it up to his face, and lights what looks like a small cigar and drags on the match for a moment. Flicks the match, flicks it into the snow, pulls on the cigar, and blows out a breath full of smoke. And then stares at you all in a moment of silence. If you all just stare back. Can we help back, you? Sid, you cry out. Can we help you? <laughs> and the figure who, in that moment of light you saw, is dressed in a a battered breastplate, a dented helmet, what looks like a loose-fitting, old, slightly rusted chainmail shirt beneath the breastplate. Clearly the uniform of a town guard. And the figure will say, I am curious about a great many things that have just occurred in this alley. But at the moment, there is only one question I have for you lot. And that is whether or not you are going to come quietly. I'm sorry, did we do something? Is there, are we being arrested? Is that what's happening? And as you're talking, he's taking another drag from his cigar, blowing it out, and saying, when you f finish asking your question, hold up his other finger, and starting with the thumb, he'll begin to enumerate. Waste of Haven God time in an aggressive fashion. Arcane assault upon Haven Guard personnel. Unleashing an unlicensed undead inside city limits. The aggressive manipulation of time to a Haven Guard officer. Oh, come on. The kidnapping of a wanted fugitive. Does the that... assault mm -hmm. and reckless endangerment of innocent civilians at a local inn. Starting a fracas within city limits. Is that the legal term? Tears, it doesn't say that. That's out of here. <laughs> when he gets to that last one, he'll stop, look down at his hand as he's like restarted counting. Then he'll just flick his hand and say, well, I could continue to enumerate, but uh, you see the point. I mean, most of those are arguable at best. We were attacked. We and, defended ourselves. And I'm sure if we bring all those involved down to the station and you answer my questions, we can sort all of this out very easily. Otherwise, well... We're going to have a much more difficult evening, aren't we? You know, I've met a lot of people 
in your position? People who have power and lord it over. Lord it over. And he takes another drag from his cigar as you've been speaking. I've seen I've seen guards beat up people for money. I've seen guards kill friends of mine. I I don't have any fucking reason to believe that any of this is going to be okay if we go with you. And this person, whose face you really can't see because it's still shadowed until he takes drags from his cigar, in which case the little end of the shroot will light up his face with a dull red gleam. You can see that his eyes just never leave Sid as he talks. His face... A stony mask. Not in the same deranged way that Lucrezia's was, but just kind of an even tempered, unblinking, as though he's taking in all of these words and but not showing any emotion in his processing of them. He's got cop face. Yeah. Anyone else chime in? Um, Cherish is definitely making eye contact with uh, Camion. I know I'm not good. In the, I don't know what's what's going through their head. Uh, Camion is this sallow shade of green. It seems as though oh, buddy. this... What has occurred tonight has not been exactly their idea of a good time. Past that, it's tough to tell. Camion's nature is very easy to read, but at the same time, very difficult to read. Yeah. They wear their emotions literally in their physical form, but the nuances of those emotions can sometimes be difficult to parse. Yeah. So I know that they're not feeling great, at least. Yeah. (sighs) Spring seems to be their melancholy state uh i want to say as quietly as i can i can cast fly on you if you want to go and camion will just shake their head very very slightly and the figure at the end of the alley will say, Please do not attempt to flee. That will only make things more difficult. I do have a question, Mike. Is this an alley, or is it a, like, like, does it have an end? This is a space between two buildings that... You can see to the end of the alley. Well, actually, I don't think Tirza would be able to see to the end of the alley. It is very dark in here. Because it's dark, yeah. The rest of you would be able to see that the alley does, in fact, lead to an opposite street. I take a look around, see if there's, like, anybody else in the area watching us. Uh, You're still inside the alley near where... Tirza killed Lucrezia, so you'd either have to move forward or... I mean, from where you were standing, you don't see anybody else. Okay. I'm not necessarily going to move yet. And it also 
you can see that the officer has not made any rebuttal to your remarks either. No. They just seem to be waiting to see what you're going to do. Every once in a while taking another drag from their cigar. Would it help if we said that we were working for the old mage? It might. Okay. But it's not going to help you here. Might help you at the station. Might help you in the long term, if you can prove it. But right here, right now, doesn't make a lick of difference to me. You can either come willingly, or you can come in chains. It's not often I give folk the choice. Can I try and figure out if he's just going to, like, sort of like the guards at the, the station, like, just... Tr I want to try and get a beat on, like, what his intentions are here. I mean, obviously he wants to bring us in, but... Give me an insight check. Nope, six. <laughs> As a someone who is raised on the streets of Stormhaven, you don't have a ton of like for the Haven Guard. You know that they have some very fierce methods with which they can detain people if they need to. At the same time, they are one technically one of the Guardian Guilds, albeit the Guardian Guild with the most narrow focus. Their whole function is to serve as the city watch in the different towns and cities throughout the valley. What this one in particular wants seems genuine. I'm going to say that Cherish is definitely having some flashbacks to being captive and how much fun that wasn't and if there's a choice of not being bound in any way she's gonna go with that one and Camion seems very much against the idea of wantonly attacking members of the Haven Guard yeah no yeah no doesn't seem like <clears throat> but the figure will take another drag from their cigar, and when it's probably close to half, this has just been some long, toiling moments of silence between the two. Eventually he'll say, you know, it speaks to the kind of night I'm having that I'm even smoking this. Wife doesn't like me doing it. Says it's bad for the lungs. Spend enough time in the streets, though, you start to figure, hell, why not? Better the slow death to the lungs than the quick death in the back, yeah? Sometimes the quick death is better. No death is good. Mm. So it's what's it gonna be? 
Um, Cherish definitely, like, I, I don't know if there's, like, a, if hands up is, like, a symbol of I mean, it's surrender here, because it could also be, like, a, a somatic component. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what's, what is the thing that she does where she's, Hands like, up, yeah, fireball. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, I'm coming. Ha hands up is still generally a symbol of surrender, because you're removing your hands from any obvious weapons. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Magic casters on a whole are rare enough that that is not necessarily anyone's first concern. Okay. <laughs> In general, uh, I'll say. Uh. Tirza is. God, I'm deciding if I want to do this. Tirza is holding Moretziger still. Uh, I don't think she's really moved from the spot where she killed Lucrecia. Mm -hmm. uh, and she'll drop it and put her hands up, too. Okay. Grawl, Sid. Camion will follow suit, raising their hands away from their axes. Um, Grawl will just like look at look at everyone like in the eyes, and I'm assuming I'm like probably pretty close to Sid. You're all really close to each other. Oh, okay. Um, I know he doesn't want to give up because you know it's a cop. Um, but uh, Grawl's gonna send his sword away, and then uh, he'll uh, put his hand on Sid's shoulder and nod. Okay. And then he'll put his hands up. He's not dancing like, like I'm dancing right now. Care. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever been in one of their prisons? Any of you? I've been in a prison. Said so there are worse things. Yeah, you say that now. All right. Fuck it. Let's do this. So, as it walks out like this, this member of the Haven Guard will nod solemnly, take their cigar, kind of put it out on their breastplate a little bit, and then tuck the the butt end behind their ear, and then let out a a loud shrill whistle, like like a quick tweet, and then you'll hear the crunch of boots from the other end of the alley. Uh, members of the Haven Guard pouring from either side of the building. And at least ten members of the Haven Guard will suddenly storm their way into the alley. It seems as though they're hiding around the corners. Yeah, I had a feeling. Yeah. Some of them will start busting out manacles, but then the person you've been talking to the whole time will let out a shout and say, No need for that. They're coming willingly. Right. Yep. Mm -hmm. So, nervously, hands on weapons, these Haven Guard members will surround you and start herding you back to their watch house. It is about six blocks there 
Do you do anything on the walk over? Um, I try my best uh, to keep my eyes open, sort of figure out how many guards are around us, what route are we going, um, just kind of soak in the path towards this. I mean, this is going back the way we came. Basically, right? yeah. yeah. And there are only the... The ten Haven Guard members plus their commander, who seems to be in charge, though you've never really taken the time to learn to differentiate the different ranks of the Haven Guard, so I don't know as if any of you would necessarily know the standing of this person who is leading this little entourage. But he he's clearly in charge, and he is leading this whole progression back to the Watch House. Do you go the whole way? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Moving back through the cold of the night, the snow continuing to falling over Whitmore's Landing, it is all in all kind of a, a very pretty winter night. The snow is falling in big little flakes that are that shimmer slightly as they reflect the light from the living wick's burning heads. As you're corralled back towards the watch station, the the members of the guard are watching you all very, very closely. Though the commander never looks back at you as he's leading the procession. There seems to be some kind of implicit trust that you're going to keep your word, on his part at least. The other members of the guard, eh, not so much. Of all the Guardian Guilds you've seen, the Haven Guard is by far the most cosmopolitan and diverse. There are gnomes, halflings, dwarves, humans, elves. You see at least one more tiefling among their ranks at this very moment. Um, and they all have these long-handled clubs that they wear at their belt. None of them are wearing swords or weapons that could necessarily kill or implicitly made to kill. Um... They have these essentially billy clubs that they wear at their hips. As you're led back to the watch house, eventually you do see the telltale blue flames of the lamps just outside. And you see there is a bit of a scene of chaos out in front of the this place. Um, some of the guards are still like picking themselves up. You're not quite sure what happened because nothing you did wasn't lethal in any way. But there yeah. seemed to have been maybe some kind of scuffle that broke out in the confusion and chaos, because all you know is Cherish, you cast Slow, came in yeah. cast Fog Cloud, and there was a blood ghost circling around them. Uh, there is no yeah. sign of the specter. Woo! Okay. My son. <laughs> but it seems in the confusion uh, the Haven Guard may have done more damage to themselves than anything else. Because they were in a very thick fog cloud that they couldn't see anything. They knew there was a ghost. There was shouting involved. All you know is there's a couple of Haven Guard nursing bruises. Yeah. Getting clumps of snow and, like, putting it on their face and heads. Idiots. Did they die, though? No. no. It, it doesn't no. seem as though there are any I casualties. I shouldn't be charged. Yeah. Case dismissed. You know, assault is still a crime. <laughs> Not if you assaulted on accident each other. 
I'm gonna have to reform this whole it was legal a system. Prank. It was a prank, okay? <laughs> you got, you got, yeah. Your Honor, I didn't kill them. I convinced them to kill themselves. It's fine. <laughs> that would stand up in a court of law. I'm pretty sure. I don't think it would. <laughs> Check the news recently. <laughs> yeah. So. You are you're brought up the the low wide stoop of this place, and you are brought inside the watch house. You are led through several large entrance rooms. Seems as though there is a small booking office just off the side of the main entrance to this place. There is a low desk where a sergeant is doing some paperwork. As you enter with this crowd of other Haven Guard, there is this awkward moment where this circle of Haven Guard that was sort of keeping track with you can't all go through the door at the same time. So the commander Should they bump into each other. No, they are. Uh, is it funny? They wait outside. They wait behind you as you enter. Though their uh, leader goes in first, kind of holding open the door for you. Oh, God. Do you all enter? Yeah. Yes. 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 Okay. You are brought inside this main office. A lot of the other Haven Guard who are inside, uh, some of which are at small desks doing paperwork, will look up as you enter, some of them standing, some of them just, like, rolling their eyes and going back to their paperwork. You're... Led over to a low desk where a halfling woman dressed in very similar garb, breastplate, chainmail, um, a kind of low helmet, um, will ask for each of your names in turn. Tears a cloak bearer. I don't know that she... Yeah, she'll give her title. It's fine. Cherish uh, starts to open her mouth and then says, Oh, um, just wait a second. I'm just going to take my hat off. And takes it off. Uh, that elicits a bit of a reaction from some of the Haven Guard, though the their leader seems unsurprised. Uh, Cherish Ironstrike. That's S-T-R-Y-K. E? I don't remember. She'll take that That's down. not a character, sorry. Camion <laughs> uh, will say, Camion Arkantol? Sid and Grawl are looking at each other, just like, no, no, you, you first. I don't, I don't, I don't want to give my... You... Do you want to go first? I mean, Sid, it'd be rude if you don't go first. I agree. Sid. I'm Sid. Just Sid. And she'll and take down just Sid. <laughs> That's fine. No, it's a C, not an S. Sorry. And finally, she'll look over at you, Grawl. Expectantly. I smile. Grawl. He spells it right the first time. Yes. 
the leader here will nod and then motion you for motion for you to follow. And he will lead you over to a door off to the side that has large iron bars on the outside. It seems as though this is a strong door of some kind. He'll throw open the bars and lead you into what looks like a small booking office. And he'll say, Please place all your weapons over on the table. All Cherish weapons and out. magical items. Oh, hand over Stormpiercer. And before I hand him over, I'm just like, I'll be coming back for you soon. I put it on the table. And Stormpiercer, as is, as they are placed down, Stormpiercer will say, "You are doing the honorable thing, Sid." <laughs> And one of the him girls goes, oh my god. <laughs> Talking <laughs> items in this setting are no, very much yeah. not <laughs> remarkable. No. no. Uh, yeah, I'll... Tears it says that, no problem. Okay. Came in two battle axes, longbow, arrows. Cherish puts out down both of her knives. Uh... When the the Haven Guard leader says magic items as well, Camion will then take out, uh, with some consternation, um, this, like, gauntlet that they wear on their left hand. It's sort of like a, a, a bowman's bracer. Um, they'll take that off and set it down, and as they kind of let go of it, there's a small wince from them. Um, Cherish, uh, takes off the pouch that has the deck of many things in it and places it down. Mm -hmm. Um, and as she's like, has her hand on it on the table, she looks at the commander and says, Please do not let anybody touch this. No one will be touching any of your belongings while we're sorting this out. Okay. So, the rest of you empty all of your magical items onto the table? I mean, I just throw some pocket line out on the table. So all magic items, not not just weapons? It, m- magic items or weapons, uh, you've been told to place on this table. Tears of... Oh, only, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Cherish is not putting the arcane hand flower. That was sort of a gambit, like, A, yes, it's the deck of many things, please don't touch it, but also, like, kind of a gambit, like, this is my forge-bound item. Hmm. Whatever's in here. Okay. Yeah, I guess I place my studded armor on the table. Okay. Tears, I'm assuming you divest yourself of all of your weapons? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, once you do that, the 
commander will go over to the uh, heavy iron door that you entered through, give it a quick, like, dong dong knock. Um, it'll get thrown open, and this uh, very fastidious-looking gnome will come just, like, walking in, sort of... Uh, big-eyed, looking around the room. They've got these huge spectacles on. They're wearing, like, a very tiny version of the Haven Guard um, uniform, but it's, like, this tiny little iron breastplate that would fit barely over any of your thighs. I love it. And so cute. they'll just, like, hmm, and then point to Cherish and say, the thing on that one's hand is definitely magic. And then we'll, like, stare around a little bit more and say, man, that's, uh, oh, nope. Hammer in that one's backpack, pointing to Cherish again, and staring around, we'll say, uh, okay, it seems as though this gnome is using Detect Magic to pick up on all of your other magic items. Okay. Uh, I am going to roll uh, Deception really quick. That is 24. Uh, and Cherish is going to say, um, oh, I'm sorry. I have I'm I have some of my mother's things. I didn't realize that some of them were magical and takes off the hand flower and the backpack. Okay. Um, and this uh gnome is detecting magic items. Yes. Sid has not specifically not removed a dagger that he has on him. Is it a magic dagger? Nope, it's a regular one. Have you hidden it on your person? I mean, I guess I haven't specified that I did, so... Um, then in that case, the commander will definitely give you a meaningful look when you don't divest yourself of all your weapons. Right. Forget I have it. Um, <clears throat> gotta hide that thing. Yeah. yeah. Present pocket. No, I gotta pay for it. After you do all that, uh, the commander will nod and then say, you can put all your gear over on the far wall. He's motioning towards your backpacks and just, like, basic all of your gear. Again, it won't be touched until we've sorted this out. Oh, I guess also my uh, quarterstaff. Duh. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, this room is just to get you away from all of your items, essentially. Ugh, I hate that. So... Being in jail sucks. <laughs> yeah. no, they uh, you have weapons in, in, in jail. It's crazy. <laughs> uh, no, yeah. I'm just saying, like, it's like Cherish has never... Well, I mean, Cherish was separated from Maz briefly in the Beastlands, but, like, ugh, I imagine that's just a really weird feeling. Being without your forge-bonded item is a really weird feeling. It's like losing... It's kind of like Phantom Limb. You Like, you feel yeah. that there should be something there, but it's not. Uh, and they definitely identify Sadagar as a magic item. Oh yeah, Tirza has taken taken the old man off. All right. Um, and I think how I think how that man manifests for her is she just starts to shiver just slightly. Okay. After you've all been divested of your items, you are led through a second door, not the one you came through. Uh, at the other side of the room. And this leads to a long hallway that is a series of cells. They have wide bars for doors 
but solid brickwork for walls. Mm-hmm. The commander, or whatever rank this person has, will roll out a set of keys from their belt and motion you all towards the largest of these cells. Unlock it, open it up, and gesture inside. We can't talk somewhere that's not a cell? We'll be handling your interviews one at a time, so in the meantime, if you would like to cooperate... I hope you guys enjoyed freedom while we had it. And I walk in. Uh, Cherish walks in. So does Tirza. And Grawl's the caboose. Okay. Camion follows suit. Um, and as you are all shepherded inside, Camion who is the last one in, will stop and s- turn to the commander as though wrestling with something and say, The stormlights are beautiful tonight, aren't they? And the commander will freeze for a moment. That sort of loose easiness they've been carrying themselves with, stiffening, for a long moment. And finally they'll say, yes, but only from the right point of view. Their eyes will narrow. And then they'll look at Camion and say, we'll be questioning the Eladrin first. If you would. And they'll gesture out for Camion. And we kind of, we all saw this weird exchange and noticed this weird tension. Yes, 100%. You're in close quarters. It's really hard not to notice. Unless you just 100% weren't paying attention. But there's not a ton else to pay attention to. True. It's obvious that this is a code, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's not not obvious. Yeah, okay. Camion will leave the cell, and with the rest of you inside, the their leader will close it, lock the door, turn to you all, and say, Thank you for your cooperation. This could have gone a lot worse for everyone involved. And they will lead Camion away. Not the way you came, but farther down the hall towards some unknown destination. Eventually you hear a heavy door open and close. And then the four of you are alone inside of a jail cell. Mm -hmm. What do you do? I start inspecting the cell, um, all of the bars, um, all of the bricks, seeing if there's any nooks or crannies, um, any weaknesses in the structural integrity of the cell. Give me an investigation roll. Probably not. 
Uh, five. This is the sturdiest cell you've ever been in. <laughs> it's actually very well crafted. Look at this masonry. <laughs> Beautiful. It actually is. You don't notice any obvious flaws to this place. Um, is there a window? Like a barred window? No, there is not. Sucks. So it's actually right. surprisingly warm in here. Considering you were just out in the elements, it's kind oh, of yeah. it's kind of cozy in here, honestly. Is there a bench? There are two benches. This is, seems to be a large cell, maybe the drunk tank or something. Um, oh, so I mean there's barf everywhere? No, there is a <laughs> nice little grate in the floor. You see a bucket in the corner. Uh, this cell looks as though it has been cleaned recently. Okay. All in all, this um, is not the worst cell you any of you have ever been in. Tears, I think you're probably the only one who's never actually spent time in some kind of cage. So. I was literally just about to say, I've never done anything wrong in my life. <laughs> hey, well, and I was kidnapped. <laughs> you just murdered somebody, so... <laughs> okay, Mr. Cut Someone in Half every other they episode. They were actually trying to kill me. Oh. I mean, the person you killed was them. sitting. And bound. Anyway. Grawl um, consistently self-defenses people to death. Yeah. He does. <laughs> uh-huh. My uh, morals are not, not, never in question. Cherish goes and sits down on one of the benches. She, like, moves to grab her notebook, her, like, her little notebook and start writing, but it re remembers that it's not there and just sort of, like, sits, like, clenching and unclenching her fists, like, bunching up the fabric in her skirt, just sort of, like... Breathing evenly. The last cell that I was in, the last prison I was in, the warden rounded up the prisoners and made them fight to the death. Wonder if they have one of those pits here. And Sid, you're maybe speaking a little hyperbolically because you know for a fact that this is not a prison. This yeah. is a watch house. So... The cells you're in right now are holding cells. Yeah, but yeah, he's still yeah, he's definitely being hyperbolic. <sighs> Cherish, without looking at Sid, she's just kind of like very serenely staring forward. S replies, the last cell I was in, I burned to the ground, so I'm not terribly worried. Um, Grawl lays down on the ground and puts his hands behind his head and starts to attempt to take a nap. <laughs> he's sitting at 14 HP right now. He's he's a little yeah. sleepy. I, yeah. got I got 15. I'm not yeah, feeling dog. too hot. Can we take a short rest in this cell? <laughs> I think you have to be comfortable and like not in danger. I think he that's one of the rules. Cozy in here. He said it was at, it was very cozy and the masonry is just on point. <laughs> like in a fireplace. Uh-oh. <laughs> um I think Tirza has taken out the amulet that Neta gave her and is tracing the edges of it. So I'm assuming it's twisty like a snake. Mm -hmm. Nice. I assume everybody saw the weird exchange between Cammie and the guard. Yep. 
that yep. against anyone. Yep. K-Man has a lot of secrets we don't know about. Yeah, and sometimes they blow up on our face. A lot of us have secrets, Tirza. I just think I want to prepare you all for the possibility that he's going to turn on us again. I don't think they're going to. There, thank you. Sorry. Why? Why? Why, why do you think that? Just curious. They were genuinely remorseful about what happened during the final test. And they've been trying to make it right. Make it right with us. With me. According to who? Them? Who else's word would I have to go on? I mean, anybody else, honestly, would be more trustworthy than Camion at this point. The old mage? Mm, <laughs> maybe not the old mage. I mean, logically, it doesn't make sense for him to turn on us. This is Grawl laying with his arms behind his back, you know, with his eyes closed. We closed the gate, and uh, we shouldn't have been able to do that. He's going to want to know. We're so going to close more gates. So he, what happens when he gets the information out of us? He, he, he's not... To them. I, we're, it's a team effort, Sid. This isn't just like... This isn't a competition. What, what are you talking... I'm not saying competition. I'm saying Camion does their own thing. They don't need us. They do seem to have a mission larger than us that they aren't willing to reveal... We know that mission. Okay, out of character. We know that, though. We yeah. know what that mission is, though. Like, yeah. we were all there in the old mage's tower. Yeah. They haven't been all... Okay. They have it not... They well, and, and the I'm old saying this is forthcoming. Oh, my God. We're already tearing I apart! <laughs> <laughs> Cherish says, if what Grawl thinks... then they're in as much danger as we are, more. All I'm saying is that even if Camion has the best intentions, clearly they are easily manipulated into doing other people's bidding. Do you think it's so odd that they don't have any witnesses? Witnesses to what? From the party house? Party house. Maybe they do. We haven't spoken to the commander yet. I'm not ready to take any actions or make any judgment calls until I have more information. How long has it been since? Since I don't know. Since what? Since the, since the murder party? How long has it been? Less than an hour. Yep, there we go. Like about 45 minutes, maybe? Maybe. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, again, Grawl's just trying to relax a little bit. Everyone? 
give him some more time. We've been in here for maybe three and a half minutes. Just sit back and relax. We'll figure this out. And he lets out a really big yawn and then curls and rolls his face to the wall. <laughs> hey, Grawl, I have a question. Mm-hmm. What did you do before you met us? Like, how, how, how long before? Just any amount of time before we've met you. Um. Let's see here. I owe a life debt to cherish. Yeah. What? Oh, oh, right. Yes. Remember when I, I put my hand out for you? Yeah. That wow. I was hoping. Six years when... ago. <laughs> yeah. Six years I... ago. Um, yeah. Been meaning to get back to that. When I put my hand out, I was asking for a release from this life debt since you and uh, Kalkin saved me in the deserts. And oh. uh, Kalkin. Uh, clearly forgave me. Um, you were not quite as understanding. Um, Grawl, I didn't... Is that is that why you're still here? No, 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 no. There's a, there's a teamwork. There's a, this is a very good... This is a very good team. We're effective. And, uh, yeah, I don't have anyone else to hang out with, really. So, kind of like you guys. That's... Hard Again, my back is like to the to to everyone. I'm talking to a wall. That's you'll have to forgive me if I don't believe you. I don't know. It might be my lack of blood right now. I'm very tired. It it's just that we don't really know a lot about you, and we've been traveling with you for a while. You never and... asked. This is the face Cherish is making. This kind of like, yeah, you know what? That's a yep. really good point. <laughs> we call that the De Niro. The yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm. Smell the fart acting. Okay, well, then before the life debt. Um. Yeah, all I... Basically, you just sort of stumbled out of the desert one day. Very much, yeah. I had to drag um, you all the way back home. That was really hard. Yeah. I was no. only like seven. I did not smell good. No, you didn't. Like, I could smell me. It was bad. <laughs> um, let's see here. I'm a hobgoblin. Right. I come from the hobgoblin lands. Mm. I don't know if you guys know. Do we call it the citadel of bone or the bulwark of bone? Uh, goes back and forth. Bulwark of bone is definitely what it is called among hobgoblins. The citadel of bones is what of the the oh, soft skins call it yeah the fleshies <laughs> um <laughs> the less cool races yeah we're the coolest um yeah um i kind of got kicked out of of hobgoblin yeah, they, they took away my hobgoblinness <laughs> and said, no more of that. Um, no. Um, when Grawl says the hobgoblin lands, what that mostly means to the rest of you is 
Hobgoblins on a whole are known to be a little xenophobic. Not necessarily xenophobic, but definitely standoffish towards other peoples. They stick to themselves out in the wastelands of the drylands. As mm-hmm. opposed to the majority of civilization that exists in the drylands that sticks to areas where you have access to, you know, water and stuff. Hobgoblins, to that said, yeah, if you're a weak loser. <laughs> Who needs water to live? <laughs> Pretty sure that was literally the first word that came out of my mouth when I met you, Cherish. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I. Um, exile is a word. Um, yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Might a good be word, applicable. too. Um, anyways, I don't. Um, get along with the other hobgoblins. Not really my choice, kind of their choice. So, yeah. Got kicked out. Again, face to wall. Do you know why? Oh, yeah. I mean, he's not, he's not doing what I'm doing right now, which is going to take a very long sip of tea. Um, <laughs> but it's the same uh, feeling. So yeah, it's that same yeah. energy. Mm. Uh, everyone here's got a forge bound, right? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Me too. And to the rest of you, yeah. you're all just like, yeah, the greatsword, duh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I Cherish is kind of like starting to suspect that maybe not. But yeah, she's just kind of like nodding along. You know the great sword. It's not yeah, it. it's not your forge bound, is it? Mm-mm. What? What is then? A piece of armor. It is the piece of armor that allows a hobgoblin. To be a warlord. Damn. It's mine. And because I am a very, um, abnormal hobgoblin, I don't get to have it. Ergo, exile. It called out to you, though. You've... You've been living without it all these years? I mean, I've got a great sword. Not that bad. <sighs> Cherish, you would know that Grawl did not have this great sword when you rescued him from the desert. When did you when did you get it? Oh, I found it. When did you find it? <laughs> after 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 you and Kalkin saved me. It was very weird magic on a plateau, kind of. Well, yeah, just your sword is very weird and magical. Yeah, yeah, it's very weird, very magical. Very weird. That's my story. Do we hug now? Do we hug later? (laughs) 
you want a hug? I. What do I have to do to release you from this life debt? I. I'm sorry. I didn't. Oh, I, didn't I mean, know. I'll I'll get around to that. It's fine. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm really not worried about it right now. And on in all honesty, I kind of forgot about it about four years ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I mean, it's still kind of kicking around in the noggin, but I mean, it's not as ever present as it once was. I'm glad that's not the only reason you stuck around. I said I kind of like hanging out with you guys, so... It just seems like you never really cared that much. Oh, that's just my face. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's a kind of a hobgoblin thing. And then he shuffles back, like, like scoots even closer to the wall, just a little bit. <laughs> so cozy, this brickwork. Uh. I just... We'll hug later. I, I, I wrote my notes about about Grawl, and I'm just deleting them and write, writing, I love Grawl, I'm so <laughs> sorry that I ever... <laughs> I ever doubted him. I just want you to know, literally, the one thing whenever someone says, like, oh, in case someone was like, you never told us this thing. You never asked. You never literally, asked. it was like, mm, mm, well, that's fine. Sweet. Yeah. Can I sleep now? Or do we want to keep sharing? I, I have one more question. Mm-hmm. What would you do in an ideal world with if you got your forge bound item? Hmm. Good one. Good one. Um, the hobgoblin in me says war band and pillage and plunder and just have a really good time. I think, honestly, really big party. Like like a really big birthday party. Everyone's invited. Everyone. So, it's go around murdering and thieving and you know. What do I need to do that for? Hobgoblins do not thieve. Hobgoblins don't no, they steal. Do. They conquer. Yeah. Oh, yes, that's right. The giants, yeah, they need to be gone, for the most part. The mean ones. I have my eyes on a particular, what was that lightning one? I don't like him very much. I might go after him. Storm giant from the Beastlands? Yeah. Seems like a worthy challenge. That better be some gauntlet. Oh, it's nice. It's real nice. I'm sorry you've been without your forge bond. It's not a good feeling. No. Hmm. Welcome to Grawl's life. It's a happy story. <laughs> He's singing to himself a little bit. He's trying to cheer everybody up. <laughs> Grawl's in full-blown dad mode right now. I just want you to know. I mean, you are a father now. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
That specter changed me on a deep emotional level. <laughs> That's good. In the moments where you're not speaking to one another, the silence in this place is very, very deep. The sounds from outside in the city or even the rest of this building are almost non-existent. It's as though this place has some kind of enchantment on it, perhaps to dull sound outside the cell. You're not sure. But the only sound as you're speaking is the sound of each other's voices. <sighs> Just sit in silence for moments as they tick by. I mean, Grawl's hungry, so you can hear that. <laughs> Loud growl from Grawl's mm -hmm. stomach. Yeah, Cherish yeah. is just sort of. I guess it maybe it's odd for, for the rest of you that Cherish isn't talking. Um. A welcome relief to others. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at one of my notes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's just concentrating, I guess. Waiting. Okay. The moments tick by. Seconds leaking into minutes. Minutes closing in on an hour. As you're sitting around, Grawl having finished telling their story, uh, just kind of making little sounds, little gestures. Some of you sitting, some of you laying down, some of you standing. The time passes by, and you effectively do get a short rest. So you may spend what hit dice you may to recover hit points. And as you take your short rest, I think it is there that we will take our break. And when we return, perhaps you will be released from this cell, or perhaps you will just be moved to another yeah. cell entirely. Greetings, my friends. Omatep Duskwalker here, owner and proprietor of Duskwalker Import and Export TM. Here today to talk to you about something that you might be familiar with. Social media. Now, every week you hear my good friend Mike Gorgoni tell you that you can follow me on Twitter at NPC underscore AN. But what he does not tell you that for every 100 followers that I get on Twitter, I do something very special. And that is, in fact, special orders. Every time there is a hundred new visitors to my shop, I open up the backstock and see what can be found. You, the listeners slash followers, submit the name of some kind of unlikely magical item, and I will dig through my inventory and see what I can find, and come up with, you know, the nitty-gritty, the statistics, if you will, of such a thing. In our most recent batch of special orders, we saw such items as a Cererax haphazard wheel, the cape of swooping, and the dreaded vorpal spoon. If you would like to find out what exactly these items do, well, you're going to have to go over to Twitter and follow me over at NPC underscore AN. And who knows, maybe in the future I will start featuring some of the items we have concocted together within the back of my humble store. Anyway, that's enough from me. 
let's get you back to the action. And welcome back to Material Components. When last we left our heroes, they had willingly subjugated themselves to an arrest. They were put in a cell, they learned a little bit about each other, and they are still in that cell. A little over an hour has now passed, and you while away the time in this cell within the Haven Guard watch station. This has technically counted as a short rest, so you're slowly recovering from some of your wounds. Tirza. What yes. do you look like after an hour of captivity? What is Tirza's mood, physicality? Oh. What emotions? Right. I thought you meant, like, had I actually... T I'm 17 again. Um no. Starring Zac Efron. That's unfortunate that we are yeah. friends. <laughs> um, right, I think she is still pretty consumed with what just happened. Um, so she's been... sort of reticent. I don't think she's been chatting with anyone besides the few kind of comments she gave when Grawl uh, was talking. Um, what does her face look like? What is her outward expression as she contemplates these things? I think... Old Tirza would have been uh, confused and wrecked with guilt about this thing um, and worried about being in trouble. And I think this... She's not new... Well, yeah, this new Tirza, Tirza transformed is... Still worried about what the hell is going on because this doesn't make sense to her. Because they're, you know, they're just doing what they had to do. And I think that's, I think she's resolved in that. I, I think she. So I guess the answer to your question is um, set. She looks. Determined isn't the right word, but resigned and resolved. Stoic. Mm. Yeah. Sid, same yeah. basic question. With the understanding that you are aware of what Tirza looks like. Yeah. Um, and about an hour has passed now, the last chunk of which has been in relative silence outside of low coughs or some breathing, maybe a passing comment here or there. And Tears, are you sitting on one of the benches? Are you standing? Are you kneeling in prayer? Um, I don't think she's kneeling. I don't 
think she's been praying so much as um, contemplating. And I think, uh, yeah, I mean, I, you know, she had been tracing the, the mm-hmm. amulet. Um, and I think she's done with that and she's sitting and waiting now okay. for what's coming next and sort of preparing herself, stealing herself. Okay. Uh, does anybody have a hairpin? Sid says out loud. Yeah. Girl's sleeping. Cherish rolls her eyes. You pick the strangest times to take things seriously. What is that supposed to mean? Well, you're all jokes and sarcasm right up until you have to depend on someone else. Okay. Do you not think, do you think that none of us are thinking about ways to get out? Grawl can summon his sword any time. I can do magic without my without my forge-bound item. Why can't you just trust us? Sid begins basically ignores the comment and begins like fiddling with the lock. With his fingers? <sighs> Fuck, I don't know. Something. Okay. He starts looking through his pockets. Do you start fiddling with the lock? Yeah. Well, before I do that, I'd like to take a look out and see if there are guards immediately outside the cell. You don't see anybody. Okay. Yeah, start I start looking at it, just seeing seeing what I can see. I mean the lock is on the outside of the door. It's kind of a pretty basic barred prison door. You'd have to sort of like Stick your head through the bars a little bit to try to get an angle on it. Don't get it stuck like a dog in a banister. (laughs) (laughs) Sid, the the commander comes back. Sid is like, hey, uh, a little help here? Yeah, I was just, uh, just seeing if I could fit. Oh, <laughs> Lord, somebody get the Crisco. <laughs> it's magical Crisco. Yeah. It's way better than normal Crisco. Crisco? Is that anything? No. Oil of slipperiness. Yeah, there you go. Um, so he basically I fails at um, getting this lock. Um unlocked or doing anything and he just kind of like slumps over slightly defeated and your eyes are always drawn back to tears as just like placid like I said stoic features she seems unbothered by the situation or what just happened at least on the outside. Have have any of you ever just thought, have ever just stopped to think about where we are, not specifically in this cell, but like what we're doing, and thought, what the f- what the fuck is going on? Is that is that thought ever crossed anybody's mind? Grawl is asleep. 
Yeah. yeah. Well, like I, I mean, we're we're kids, we're children, and we and the fate of this valley rests in our hands. Why do we get to decide who lives and who dies? What makes us special? Nothing. Except that we're doing it. We... Who else is there? I don't know. A bunch of perfectly able-bodied adults who populate the valley, who have years of experience in fighting magic. I don't know. Some of them. But I, I thought that this would be really great because in comparison to where I came from, anything seemed like anything seemed good. Um, yeah. What did you, what did you mean when you, when, when you stabbed Lucrezia? <laughs> you said something about abominations. What did you mean by that? That's... She issues the oncoming of the storm. Something no creature on the material plane should want. I, I mean, it... I mean, but you worship the outer storm, right? The the Jarashir are shepherds. The outer storm, the coming of the outer storm is inevitable and cleansing, but that's what Azitahaka is supposed to be. Uh, a necessary evil, not something to be welcomed and wanted. We're supposed to be guiding people through the horror that's to come I, I don't want anyone to die I don't want I just, anyone to die it's, I'm, I'm a little concerned because Tirza a couple months ago while we were traveling, was really, really bothered by us contemplating and cutting off the arm of a cultist. Do you see what? Do you see why? What? What? Like, what did anything else change when you became this? And Sid gestures at the now adult-looking Tirza. What's that supposed to mean? I, I'm... No, I... What, you, what, you killed somebody who was tied up in an alleyway 
They were defenseless. They had no weapons. They had no way to defend themselves. She's... She had committed to herself to evil. She had tried to kill us multiple times. I... I mean, I don't disagree with that. She had certainly tried to kill us. I just... I just want to know at what point does somebody become an abomination and deserve your judgment? Uh, I... Like, how many times do I have to call the Jarashi or cult before it, before I become an abomination and That's need to be smited? the same thing. I... Have you ever considered that the Jarashir aren't being honest with you? Of course I have. I can't... Even coming with you, I've... pretty much given up on any chance that I can ever go home without the Scaled Council... You are all my friends, and I'm I'm really trying to trust you and put... Oh, I don't know. Ch I wouldn't... Cherish, do you just sit in silence while this is happening? Yeah, and Cherish has... This whole time, but mostly during this, Cherish has been pointedly not looking at Tirza. Yeah. I don't know what... to... <sighs> I don't know what to believe about what I've believed my entire life. And I... I can't fix that, but I think that... I don't know. She is no longer stoic. <laughs> Sid, Cherish, you see the the signs of emotion and wear on this woman's face that are familiar, though the lines are maybe a little deeper, the features a little longer. They are still the expressions of the girl you've traveled with, adventured with, seen grow up through the years of the trials. They're buried under this new yet familiar face, but they are unmistakable.
There's a long, awkward silence. Sid, your hands flex and unflex, hoping to hold a sword that isn't there. Tears, a, you feel the distinct lack of comforting weight of a cloak that should be around your shoulders but isn't. Cherish, there is no snide, biting remark about the weakness of these people. You just see your friends in pain. There's, I, I want to add something to that, that there is also a distinct lack of Maz telling her to just to just go because she can and but cherish thinking it herself anyway Tirza, you can't help but think about all the questions that have been brought up about the Jarashir through all of your adventures. Yeah, you can say that again. But one thought that really strikes you now, especially in these close quarters as Sid is beginning to question all of this, is just how little these people who you've been traveling with have even sought to understand your beliefs or practices. Done anything but openly mock them? <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe not to that extreme of an extent. Well, yeah, except for the beginning there. <laughs> not in recent history. Yeah. Sid calling it a cult just now definitely felt more like a, a mean barb than a genuine thought, per se. Yeah. But you recognize it for what it was. Which is a cruel word. The time continues to tick on. The hour stretches into an hour and a half. Hour and a half becomes two hours. You can't see the outside, but you guess that by now the light has completely faded from Wickmore's Landing. Whether or not the snow is still following, you don't know. Time has begun to... You've begun to start to lose track of time a little bit in here. None of you are innately aware of the passage of time, and there's no clocks on the walls or pocket watches abound. Grawl, you wake up very well rested at about the two-hour <laughs> mark. Nice. It's like, ooh, nice yeah. solid power nap. <laughs> I start stretching just a little bit. Oh, did everyone else get some sleep? Oh, and I you wake sweet. up to this just, like, really sullen, Super awkward, awkward silence. You could cut the tension with a knife. With a knife. <laughs> should, should I go back to sleep, or... Do whatever you want. You're a grown-ass oh, adult. I am. I am. See, Sid gets it. 
So it gets me. Mm. Anyone, anyone? Anyone come? Go? What did I miss? They've left us here. Okay. I mean, it's a holding cell. They do. And the whole point is for them to like let one of us spill the beans or get all of us all mad at each other, right? That didn't happen, did it? <laughs> Just this hard, <laughs> awkward silence when you say that. <laughs> oh. Okay. Did I do it? No, no? girl. Okay. It's fine. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, do we have a plan yet? Because I thought sleeping would give me a plan, and it didn't. It didn't work. Like an we, escape plan? No, just like a like a future plan. Girl's biting on his nails. Like when we get out of here, because we're gonna get out of here. We didn't do anything wrong, so that that literally means nothing. I mean, I figure we should probably be in Blue Gulch in how many days from here? From Wickmore's Landing, the journey to Blue Gulch is roughly about 15 days. 15 days, okay. Should put Oof. you there by the 20th of Shade. If you left mm. tomorrow. Mm. Which was the original plan. Yeah. Right, right. Ooh. We are going to have to pay our tabs at the hotel. Do they call them hotels? Tavern? In. You pay for enough nights? In? Yeah. In. In. Yeah. Okay. I mean, technically, we, we are paying for a night that we are not staying. Right. At yeah. this point. So. Hmm. And your horses are currently stabled there. Most yeah. of you. Um, okay. Yeah. Well... Has anyone asked to, to talk to anyone? No. They've just left us here. I mean, have no, has There's anyone nobody asked? Outside. There's nobody I mean, outside as hell. Oh, okay. Well, There's literally nothing stopping us from escaping. I mean... Nothing stopping... The magic users, at least. Two of us from escaping. Yeah. Somehow, I think two of us escaping isn't going to help the other two. No, it wouldn't. I mean, I've got uh, stuff in my pack that could help us get out of here, but... Mm. I keep wanting to ask if there's, like, a security camera, but, <laughs> you know... <laughs> Fantasy security camera. There's just an eyeball... Floating it's just in a the bird. <laughs> I think it'd be it's the scrying spell. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. But anyways. Look, we don't have to break out of here. Then we will be doing something wrong. We mm. can. We have people in this city who can vouch for us. Hmm. Did we not save the barges? Did. Do we not have... Is, would Captain Julieta not be on our side? Would Captain Gru not be on our side? I don't know. 
It's a rhetorical question, Sid. You didn't have to answer it, because they would be. Making a lot of assumptions. Based on facts? So... Your, your problem is that you put your faith in people when... Let's be honest. People don't People don't pull through when you need them to. At some point in your life, at some point, everybody fails you. Then why are you still here? In this cell? Because I, no. I, I can't teleport. No, Sid, with us, traveling with us. If we're just going to fail you eventually, then why stick around? Why didn't you just peel off in the alley when you had a chance. Because I thought... I thought this time would be different. I... Sid? People do not trust me when they look at me. Okay? I work really hard to build up trust with strangers. I can't just become a fugitive from the law. I'm sorry that this situation got you put in jail for whatever many whatever number of time this is. Third. Okay. But I can't... I can't afford to just... I don't know. Cherish, give me an insight roll. Sixteen. When Sid says... People leave, inevitably. You're fairly certain you know what person he's specifically talking about. Yeah. Um, quick question. Uh, which one is more common, tieflings or hobgoblins? Out in public. I'm just curious for, like, men my mental... Technically, tieflings... Step. Hobgoblins are probably more populous in the valley. They are mm -hmm. just less prone to being in and around cities, as opposed to tieflings who would almost exclusively be in and around cities. Okay, um, I just wanted to get like a, like a population count. Yeah, because tieflings who live by themselves out in the wilds tend to garner a pretty nasty reputation really quick. Mm-hmm. So was uh, the thing I just said completely out of bounds? No, not necessarily. Tieflings don't necessarily have the extreme reputation they do in other settings in this world, but there is always going to be some measure of, like, well, you are descended from devils and it's all over your and you, face and body, yeah, and, and you, you literally look like, look like a devil. So yeah. it, it's tough to escape that, like, just mild bias that people are going to have just looking at you. Um, in the larger cities, it is less prevalent. Mm -hmm. 
you definitely... Calcon definitely sheltered you from the worst of that stuff growing up. Because in Blue Gulch, it's definitely a city of more of the outcastish folk from, yeah. the, from the last world. Right. But when you and her traveled, if you're in between big cities, people would react to half-orcs in kind of the same way they'd react to tieflings. So, yeah. Calcon put on a brave face, but definitely taught you to weather a lot of those sort of sideways looks. Yeah. Um, I think then the next thing that Cherish says is You know she didn't want to leave you, Sid. You said she got sick. Sometimes you just don't come back from that. Whether you want to or not. It's just everybody else. You know, when she died, all of her friends, all of the people she bumped elbows with suddenly vanished. And there I ended up, nowhere to go. My home seized, my property taken. My friend's gone. No one to make sure I was okay. No one to care. Cherish, you would know that Calcon definitely searched for Sid after she had first heard of Angela's death, but at that point, Sid had basically disappeared into the city. And it's tough to find a small half-elven child in a city as big as Stormhaven. Yeah. Let alone one with the canny instincts of Sid. By the time anyone heard about Angela's death, who could have done something, and then gotten to Stormhaven, it was way too late. And I think Cherish is trying to figure, trying to think of a way to say, to convey that information in a way that is going to help Sid at the moment. Because just saying like, well, Calkin tried to find you is probably not going to, not going to be very helpful. <laughs> um, As... And I think that all that she comes up with is. I'm sorry. Well, I'm alive, ain't I? And when you say that, you hear a, the sound of a metal door grinding open and then shutting, the tromp of bootsteps, and after a few more seconds, you see the commanding officer of the Haven Guard standing in front of your cell, hands behind his back. He'll look over you all, kind of give a nod, 
and say, I appreciate your patience in this. I'm sorry, but it might be a little bit longer. Can you tell us anything? Your claims are being investigated at the moment. Certain parties are being contacted in order to confirm your conduct. It may be a little while, but I am assured we will have this resolved before the night's end. Um, is there any chance the uh, the younger ones here could get some sort of food at all? Just curious. I'm not worried about me. Right. I took a nap. Of course. I will have some food and water sent. Thank you. You should have some for, sent for Grohl, too. I mean, if, if, if you've got extra food lying around, I wouldn't turn it down. We'll see what can be done. Thank you. Where's Camion? Your Eladrin friend is aiding us in our inquiries. Can I roll an insight check? Sure. Mm. Oh, that's a 19. I mean, that language could mean anything, but they yeah. seem genuine. There's no malevolent intent hidden behind those words, but the words are very broad and could mean a lot of things. Yeah. Mike, I want you to know, Camion, snitches get stitches. <laughs> well, good to know. <laughs> you have to tell us that Camion's a cop, otherwise it's entrapment. <laughs> that's that's uh, the other part of the Jarashir oath that I didn't tell you. Mm -hmm. They have a very strict snitches get stitches policy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's on the first page. It's in the handbook. <laughs> uh <-huh. Yeah. laughs> and Ozzy Haka broke through the heavens, <laughs> bellowing with a great chorus, snitches get stitches. stitches. Yeah. <laughs> and he would. <laughs> so the commander nods, sees if anyone else has any more questions before he leaves again. With no one saying anything, he'll turn on his heel, come back, go back the way he came. About ten minutes later, uh, the tall, kind of portly officer who you had initially talked to will come in through the uh, doors at the other end of this holding area with uh, s laden down with several trays of food. Looks Girl, to be... you should summon the blood specter again. <laughs> I need a corpse. Oh, I a, yeah. I need shit. a corpse from that. I can't summon... <laughs> well, actually... Is there chicken? Is there chicken on this plate? <laughs> it needs to have been a creature you killed with your hexblade. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> There is, in fact, chicken, actually. Oh, There is a, a whole uh, cooked chicken, several plates, some silverware, a large bucket of full of water, several cups for all of you, a steaming carafe of what you don't know what it is, but it looks like some kind of hot beverage. Uh, there is also uh, several apples. And... Uh, the guard will kind of come over, and there's a slight, like, latched port in the in the cell at the very bottom, and he'll sort of, like, kick it open and slide the tray in very carefully, making sure none of the food spills out. He'll say, 
Oh, uh, there you go. Some food for you, as per the commander's orders. Thank you. Yes, <laughs> of course. Um, I'm sorry if you got hurt earlier when I uh, cast that <laughs> Nothing, uh, quite honestly, um, my uh, partner probably got the worst of it. A bit of a bonk on the head. Uh, started running around a little bit, but um, eh, nothing. Haven't experienced before. Probably did him good. Right then, um, have a good night. Uh, enjoy your stay. Um. Uh, anything else I can get for you? You can you leave. Can uh, okay that then. That you just damn it. Sort of awkwardly turn around and bustle away. <laughs> oh boy! Checking the the steaming carafe of something, you find that it is some kind of like really hot, warm mulled cider. Oh my god! Let's get fucking wasted. <laughs> That will oh, solve yes. all of our I was problems. just about to say, yeah, that's <laughs> what we need to add, is drunkenness. I got nothing to hide. I can drink. Um, I will actually take a cup of the mold cider. Yeah, same. It is warm and very sustaining. It's got a rich cinnamon flavor to it. Seems as though it has been freshly heated as well. Hmm. Oh, that's awfully nice of them. Sid does not touch the food. Sandies. Anyone else partaking of the food or drink? We're just leaving it where it is. Girl, your stomach was going wild while you were asleep. Eat was something. It? Oh, those my my stomach was angry at me. I've got a little bit of a upset going on. Speaking of which, uh, bathrooms. Where are the bathrooms? I pointed the bucket. Oh, at least they supplied a bucket here. That's very nice. My last cage should not have a bucket. (laughs) (laughs) So the smell of food is definitely enticing. This chicken definitely smells like it's freshly cooked. The smell of the cider is also very enticing, but if you resolve to not partake, it sits there uneaten and undrunk. The time whiles away. Do you continue to sit in silence? I'm going to test something. I'm going to test something. Everyone, you're all going to ask me my favorite color and uh, after I eat this food, just in case. You never know. And so I take a big uh, big gulpa of the cider from the carafe, and then I eat a chicken leg, too. What's my favorite color? No, we're sweet. You don't know. <laughs> right. Yes, you ask me. Yes, okay, wow. ask me my favorite color. What's your favorite color? I haven't really thought about it. <laughs> what was this supposed to prove? I wanted to see if, if it was like some sort of magic-y food, because they were very, very quick to supply it. Just in case, you know. Well, I just like drink 
I, I mean, Cherish holding the mug of cider that she's been like, well, I. What's your favorite I color? Purple. <laughs> I could have guessed that. <laughs> okay. Okay. It's not magic y food. Wait, what, how would I, it. how would, like, what, what are the parameters that you're. Oh, okay. Um, okay. I'm going to try and lie. I'm going to try, I'm going to try and lie just in case. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm from Stormhaven. No, you're not. Well, okay. That's fine. The food's fine. I'll have more. <laughs> Grawl tucks in. Sid, you watch as your companions begin picking at food, taking drink. Um, I wait like uh, maybe 15 minutes. I see they're not actively dying from poisoning. <laughs> I mean, we could get the runs very shortly. It's true. We don't know. It's it could be a different kind only of magic. One bucket in here. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and no toilet paper. Well, there's a grate. It'll be fine. <laughs> it's a very fine grate, though. God. <laughs> Mike? Thanks for letting me on your podcast. It's been fun. Thanks for letting us all be on this podcast oh, together. <laughs> it's not a true adventuring party until you've all pooped in the same bucket. <laughs> Come uh, on, we're in, we're in jail. There needs to be some levity. Yeah, friendship. Call it a quad shot. Oh god. <laughs> it's worse because I work with coffee. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> This is awful. I love it. Mm. I definitely have set like a couple, like I left Sid a leg, you know, because he looks like he is, that's, that's his particular favorite on the chicken. Sid's a leg man. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> and I take it and I eat it. <laughs> and I pat him on the back. Just like one stiff one, like way too hard while he's taking a bite. He goes down the wrong, the wrong one. Just inhale oh, some chicken. Coughing. Ah. Was that by poison? Was that by poison? No, it was just by choking. Oh, okay, good, good. We continue then. The food is good. It is nourishing. The cider and the water are welcome. What the guard was saying. They're keeping us here for the night. Technically, the guard said they should have this figured out before the night's over. Yeah, but then the other one was like, enjoy, have a good night here. <laughs> that, that, that guard definitely does not seem like the brightest fellow. That's no. true. God bless him. <laughs> Which one? Bless his heart. Good times. I'm liking it here. At least it's warm, I guess. Mm hmm. Hey, yeah. and we didn't even have to pay to sleep here. So yeah, we paid to sleep somewhere else. It could be worse. Could be worse. We could be on fire. 
and you all recall one of the trials in which basically everything was on fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Moments of silence stretch on as each of you contemplate what you will. The moments continuing to just roll out in dull silence. Occasionally you'll steal glances at one another, kind of just awkwardly looking away at times, or nodding to each other in sort of joint remunerations or contemplation. There's a continuing sense of unknowing as you look at each other. This sense that you've been through so much together and yet you're only now beginning to learn large chunks of each other's lives. There was a connection between all of you before the trials began in some fashion or another but you've been irrevocably tied together by forces outside your control. It's not a satisfying feeling. It's not even a happy feeling. But it's an understanding that begins to form that despite the world being crazy, despite the fallacy of people. The cosmos somehow lets you all find each other. And because of that, you survived. Lucrezia wasn't so lucky. She didn't have anyone. And maybe that's why her end came in the way that it did. Whether or not you feel guilt or pity for her situation and how it ended, I leave that to you. But there is a sense of maybe even slightly guilty feeling, but it is a sense that you are lucky that you found each other when someone like her didn't driven mad by what you've been through as opposed to coming through it stronger than you were. Sid, you said in earnest earlier that why doesn't someone with experience deal with this? But as you sit with your companions and think about what you've been through together, you're slowly coming to the realization that you're the person with experience. You've had years of experiences. Nearly half a decade's worth of strange, unbelievable encounters beyond what anyone could have expected you to deal with or could have hoped to deal with, and yet somehow you made it through. Perhaps it was your own skill and cunning. Perhaps you're just that good. But the constant through all of it was that you were together. 
even when you were separated by forces trying to divide you, it was that coming together which helped you overcome. So as the hours pass away and the silence moves from an awkward tension to a familiar ease, you've spent the last week or so on the road together, learning each other's little foibles and uh, little pieces of the rhythms of daily life. Some of that was interrupted by an incursion by odd dreams, but regardless of those events, you still spent days traveling together. The people you're in this cell with now, you know better, at least in how they will act. Maybe not in their past, maybe not in their thoughts, but in your basic understanding of how they will react to a dangerous scenario better than anyone else in your lives. Some of you are beginning to understand that those other people in your lives are still unknown quantities. Tirza, the more you learn about the Jarashir and what they represent and what they do, the more confused you become trying to quantify your own beliefs against what you've been taught. And then also what you're learning on an almost daily basis on this journey. How do you justify the beliefs of a people who should have only ever existed within this valley now that you know that maybe they predate that, maybe they go beyond that? Is this knowledge that other people have? Is this information that has been hidden from you like some other things have been? You don't know. It's definitely something you're hoping to figure out. Cherish, you're now realizing that Kalkan, for all of her love, for all of her stubborn indignation at raising a daughter, she sheltered you in ways that maybe didn't serve you well. You're seeing sides of the world that Kalkan never let you see. Maybe she was doing it out of love, but at the end of the day, you find yourself a little unprepared for certain aspects of the real quote-unquote world. And you're also discovering that she also made deals and bargains with things and people that you're still just now becoming, getting to understand. Grawl, you've never had the satisfaction of being a part of a legion. The Hobgoblin ideal is to be a piece of a whole, a cog in a machine. That center of the building which holds everything together, and every piece is the center. For the first time in your life, you are a part of something bigger, something cohesive, that is working. Despite flaws, despite annoyances, despite 
character flaws that in the wastes would get you killed, for some reason you've survived despite everything. It's both humbling and satisfying. Sid? You've known pain and loss, the likes of which these others maybe haven't felt. Though you know now that it seems Grawl knows more about the pain of losing family, friends, everything, than you had thought before. Your own thoughts about how things are going and where you've been are a tumbled mess in your head. Stormpiercer spoke of a quest, trying to become something great, something to match your own image of Angela, your mother, in your head. You can't help but see her as this great hero who accomplished great deeds that was somehow reduced to nothing by the cruel whims of fate. That despite her heroic actions, she was left a wasted wreck of a person that society then forgot about. It's tough to justify what you know of her deeds with her ultimate fate. Perhaps what you're doing now is an attempt to get closer to her. Perhaps it is an attempt to, despite yourself, not be forgotten like she was at least from your point of view. As the time ticks by and you are left to stew in your own thoughts, you don't know how much time has passed. The light here is a constant flicker from the torches that sconce outside in the hallway. Occasionally you'll start nodding a little bit, finding maybe a little sleep. It is getting late. Your bodies feel it, even if your eyes can't sense it. It has been hours since the food has been brought. You don't know what time it is. It is quiet, but you are together. Cherish? Yeah. Thank you. For what? For helping me get through the first trial. You're welcome. I'm not very good at thanking people. I know. She kind of laughs a little bit. 
thank you for coming after me the other night. Yeah. You're welcome. Yep, that's the right thing to say. You got it. <laughs> um. Yeah, I. I don't know. I have a lot to think about, but um, I do trust you and I do trust them. I think I'm just scared. I'm really scared too. We, we weren't able to help Lucrezia and now Camion might be in danger and who knows what's happened to Valor and Judah. For some reason, I'm not as concerned about Talila. She sort of has this weird air. She can kind of like handle anything. Yeah, I can um, take her lever. You know. Oh, no, no, no. I, I mean, she's fine. I just don't. I'm not like super concerned. I feel like if she met like, a cult be... member, he would just die of fright immediately. Yeah, um, and then she'd harvest their bones. Yeah. <laughs> She but, might, she might like just take over the cult, you know, for her own nefarious that's purposes. That's something we should be concerned about. <laughs> yeah, actually. Yeah. But what I'm and trying to say, but what I'm trying to say is, as Mike gets that horrible look on his face <laughs> that he does, it's like it's the look that's like, oh, am I am I messing with them or is this the campaign? They'll honestly, never know. Honestly, I welcome our Talila overlord. <laughs> <laughs> but what I'm I don't want to lose anybody else. We can't change what happened to Lucia. We can't change what we did or we didn't do. All we can do is move forward and try to help everybody. And if everybody is just six, six of us, or five, seven, I don't know how to count. Seven, eight. Eight. Yeah, that is a number. Eight yeah. of us. <laughs> I, shut up. Cherish is it's the problem. Cherish is smarter than I am. <laughs> <laughs> um, if that's just helping the eight of us or everybody in the valley, I, I don't know why we're the ones that have to do this or that can do this, but we are and we can't not, you know? I, j I think that we need to try to be better than we are. Yeah. I've done a lot of really, really, really shitty things in my life. I feel like I shouldn't be a, a valley saving hero. 
again. We can't change what we've done. Yeah. Grawl, tears, and you just sit back and enjoy this conversation? Uh, dog, you're muted. Am I muted now? No. No. Yeah. Um, Grawl, <laughs> Grawl is sitting back watching this just like, yes, yes, good, good team building exercises. This is how we get stronger. <laughs> Uh, this this that, is just a hobgoblin team building exercise. Yes, and he, you, you know, you know, you know what he's thinking. You know what he's thinking. I bet they knew that we. They're doing this to help us out. That that the commander's a genius. Oh my god. They knew. Um, yeah. Um, no. The uh, difference is in a in a hobgoblin a... legion, they're thrown down like a twenty foot sheer. It to work out the yeah. differences. Yeah, yeah. It's, I got, it's no, a they... free corporate retreat. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they supplied us with great food. That wouldn't happen in Hobgoblin. I mean, this is an easy street. I will say, if the old mage walks down this corridor and says, "Hey, this was all a test to get," I, I will punch her in the face. I was I don't literally care how old just I, I will I'll, help you punch dead. her. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, I'll it's be, like I'm this is how the podcast ends with us <laughs> killing the old mage. Well, or being killed in in return. I mean, hey, hey guys, this here? was all just a team building exercise. <laughs> Do y'all feel I, very learned, close to each other? <laughs> um, no, but uh, yeah, Grawl is sitting there and enjoying this, and like, good, 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 good. Yes, my legion. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> I'm so, and then he has that little twinge. He thinks about his blood spectrum. Like, I am a good dad. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Whoever my son is, I'm sure he's okay. Floating away into the afterlife like a good little specter. <laughs> we need to get Grawl a world's best dad mug. Mm -hmm. Stein. Like a yeah. big one made out of a skull. Tears are um, your silent through all of this, though? Yeah, I don't know that it, Tears is enjoying this. Um, I think as they're talking about trust and um, the things that and Sid is talking about the things that he's done, I think Tirza is thinking about the fact that she been very trusting and has done some not good things. When Sid talks about being better, there are flashes of the power that you are now tapping into is a new and terrifying thing, let alone the brushes with literal gods that you've had. <clears throat> you think back on just tonight, surges of lightning, divine, righteous fury and anger channeled through your weapons, through your body, 
being unleashed, there was that close moment where you almost let out a storm strike into a crowded inn, but instead chose to channel it into the backs of your friends, and you're still not even sure if that was the right call. Yeah, Lord. Crawl says no. <laughs> Crawl's just shaking his head for some reason. It's weird. I don't know he, what he'd be thinking about. His back hurts a little bit. And that's Let's not see. even the first time that power's been unleashed upon your friends. No. And that's not the first time that Tirza has raised her hand against any of her friends. On purpose, even. Um, so as you yeah. think about all of that, the conversation between Cherish and Sid sort of dwindles. There is a long quiet again. This one a little bit more comfortable before the sound of the doors comes again and multiple footsteps are coming down the hall. You see the very plain-faced commander still wearing a look of sort of nonchalant, unsurprised, just flat face. And then Camion striding next to them, their skin this silvery white, their hair this pure platinum. They have the same stony face of winter on their features. The captain will walk forward, roll out a set of keys, unlock the door, hold it open, and say, you're free to go. Cherish stands up. She's she is a little bit like disappointed that Camion's back to being winter. <sighs> we were doing so well with fall. Um but she says, um, she kind of dusts her skirt off and says, Thank you. I appreciate your cooperation. I know this has been a trying night for you, but our investigations did indeed conclude that you were attacked at the Axe's Grind and simply defended yourself. The actions of this cult are far-ranging indeed, and due to our inquiries, we have been alerted to their activities in multiple sectors. We appreciate your cooperation. The Wickmore's Landing Haven Guard thanks you for your deeds and your service to the city. Does that mean we can kill with impunity now? No, Cherish is <laughs> um, <laughs> Do I have a license to kill? <laughs> license you have to, a kill. Permit to kill. A permit to kill. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. um, Cherish steps out of the cell. Yep. Does everyone follow? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Okay. Very nervously. You all exit the cell. The yes. captain will close the the door and lead you all back towards the uh, room that you'd originally gone through where you dropped off all your magic items and gear. As you go through that room, you realize that none of your stuff is there. Motherfucker. 
and the captain will say, please see the desk sergeant on the way out. You'll be given a receipt for your items. You can collect those at the Haven Guard evidence lockup, located conveniently one block down to the south. Can you, sorry, can you repeat that one more time? Yeah, you cut out. You'll be given a receipt for all of your items by the desk sergeant, and you can go collect those at the evidence lockup located conveniently one block south of this location. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go do that. <laughs> yeah, Cherish looks very pointedly at Camion. Camion's just flat, emotionless features blocked off by winter cold. Just tell me if you took it. And Camion will say, This time, tell me. I've been with the captain this whole time. Fine. What they did with it, I don't know. I presume it is in the evidence lockup with the rest. Would I get rearrested if I slapped Camion? Do I have to roll to know that? Uh, you don't know. Because Cherish, I mean, Cherish, yeah, Cherish and Elliot both really want to have that dramatic, like, <laughs> emotional, like, then, slap across Then the you face. had best slap Camion. Yeah, 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 Cherish slaps Camion, and whatever happens, Cherish, like, it's like, slap and then storm off, if that happens. Mm -hmm. Um, there is... An awkward silence as Camion's face just, like, went to the side, but otherwise they don't react. Their face, just an emotionless white mask. The captain, for the first time, will let out a low... <coughs> like I said, you can talk to the desk if sergeant were, for a receipt. If, you, if I wouldn't get arrested for slapping you, I'd do it. <laughs> The captain no, will sure, see you to the desk, that. Sergeant, where you are all given receipts, each with a printed name and a list of the items that were apparently cataloged uh, by the Haven Guard. Uh, everything look like it's there? Oh, yeah. Is it? It is. Huh. How's my lint? Listed on the receipt, anyway. When you go back down to oh, the yeah, yeah. the evidence lockup, you are given all of your gear. It is all there. Oh. Including the deck of many things. And, like, it feels like it's um, it's magic. Like, it doesn't feel like, oh, they just put another fucking deck of cards in there. Everything <laughs> is correct. This, at least this branch of the Haven Guard is completely on the up and up. Oh, that's nice. a pleasant surprise. Yeah. Cherish doesn't feel bad about slapping Camion, though. No. Just so that we're all clear. <laughs> um, the first thing that Tirza grabs is the old man and immediately puts him on. Um, listening to Grawl's story about not having his forge bound, even if it didn't seem to affect him that much, it's completely unheard of and she is 
realizing that she took him for granted. There is an immediate sense of comfort as you place Sadagar about your shoulders. There's a a weight there that is like a constant light hug that you've definitely grown used to over the years and settles back down. There is an emotion of happiness to be reunited with you, but otherwise the cloak is content. As you retake Maz, Cherish, strapping it about your hands, you feel that there's this almost liquid fire that enters your mind as you put the hand flower back on. It's this sinuous, almost writhing feeling that you didn't even know was ever present until it wasn't there. And then as it re-enters your mind, you feel these synapses reconnecting in your brain, this charge of energy as you wear this simple-looking ornamentation over your hand, and this sense of... There is no sense of emotion from this thing. There is only Maz's snide voice as she says, Never do that again. And Cherish, who is... (sighs) It says... I won't. When you reclaim Stormpiercer... He doesn't say anything when you first pick him up. Doesn't say anything when you resheathe him. You collect all your gear, you leave. Once you're out onto the streets again, it is completely dark. It is late, late, late in the night. Maybe not quite midnight, but it's definitely very, very late outside. Yeah. Low and quiet at your hip, as you have a little bit of distance from the rest of your party out onto the street, breathing a couple of deep, crisp breaths. Stormpiercer will say, You did very well today, Sid. You showed incredible patience. If I had something on me to break out of that cell, I would have. But, you know. Yeah. I I don't believe you would have. (laughs) Yeah. Perhaps I am simply an optimist. <laughs> well, you are you are uh, certainly the optimist out of the two of us. That's that's definitely true. Indeed. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> there it is. I would steal you again if I had to. I would expect nothing less. No kiss. Grawl, you collect your meager possessions. I got my lint back, yo. And as you see the rest of your friends reuniting with their forge-bound items, there's this just sense of empty calling that you can't help but feel. But then you reach out, and coalescing with crackling green-brown energy, the great sword settles its hefty weight into your hand. That longing isn't so bad anymore. K, 
Camion collects their gear in silence, affixing that archer's gauntlet onto their hand again. They let out a low breath, their skin fading to that chestnut brown of fall, their hair becoming this auburn gold red of falling leaves. And as they, like, test and strap the gauntlet again, they will let out a breath, stare around at the four of you, and say, Well, I must be going. I wish you all a safe journey. I'm sure we will meet again. Is there any word you would like conveyed to the old mage? Hmm. Fuck you! <laughs> no, don't, don't, don't. <laughs> yeah, uh, no. <laughs> no, please don't. Well, she should know that we closed a realm scar. Yeah. I rest assured she will. Probably let her know where we're going, just in case. I will let her know that last I saw you, you were heading to Blue Gulch. Ostensibly to close the realm scar that is south of there. Sure. Well, you told us never to do that again. I don't even know how. You have to go now, so I'm guessing you can't look at the runes I made. I have my orders. Yeah. Well, we did it once. I am sure once she learns of this, she will be in contact. So please, perhaps refrain from doing anything too drastic until you hear from her. We'll try to behave ourselves. And I will do the same, I guess. And they are pointedly not making any kind of eye contact with Cherish. Yeah. Yeah. That makes <laughs> sense. And I assume that Cherish is glaring at them in much the same way that Elliot has been glaring at the screen. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I don't know if this is... This is just flavor text, because I know that I can't breathe fire mechanically, but... <laughs> Would it be okay if, like, there were, like, little flames, like, every time she exhaled out of her nose, like... What flavor? <laughs> what happens is there's a fierce exhale from your nose. And the gold flecks that are your freckles begin to just, like, burn a little bit. To the point where no one would really notice if they weren't looking directly at you. But the gold flecks on um, Cherish's skin begin to just, like, damn it. seethe a little bit. If that works for you. We missed, like, a bunch of it. Sorry. <laughs> the, the gold flecks on Cherish's skin kind of seethe with a hot energy and then fade back to basically just being freckles. 
Okay. Scales brightening ever so slightly. Yeah. Where do you head? What do you do? Cherish is stomping back to the <laughs> the, the uh, busy badger. Okay. Yeah. I think she even I think she even forgets to put the hat back on. I think she's that mad. Okay. Unfortunately. Grawl's wearing the hat. <laughs> what do you just look a hat. like? It's just a hat. He's just wearing the hat. Yeah, no okay. tune to it. Yeah. Yeah. It's... <laughs> Grawl is just wearing the bucket hat on his head. <laughs> Whatever. So Leaving the watch house behind, you head south to the very edge of Wickmore's Landing, and eventually you find yourself at the Busy, busy Badger, that large, single-story inn where you had your horses stabled. The journey there is done in mostly silence. The only sound following you is the light crunch of snowfall and the solid, slushy steps of your feet. The area around the watch house and the axe's grind was weirdly empty of people, but as you move farther south in town, the nightlife here is, while not hopping in the way that it is in Stormhaven, there are still people out and about, even at this late hour, people emptying out of inns and bars. The Busy Badger is, in fact, busy. There are people in the common room, there is a bard striking up a tune, Despite your slight melancholy for some of you, this is a cheery, warm, inviting place. It's a roadside tavern where people are just trying to lose their worries for at least a night before they have to press on on the hard road again. The night is cold, but inside the Busy Badger, it's warm. There's food and beds to be had. There's strong drink if you want it. Your night passes however you please. You get plenty of rest. Yeah. Wake up in the morning refreshed, ready for the next step of your journey. On the sixth day of the month of shade, the cold winds blow up from the south. Snow continues to fall. There is a crisp smell on the air, tinged with the slight scent of smoke. And as the snow continues to fall, you hold a hand out while you come out into the streets early in the morning before you saddle your horses, and you can see that mingling with the snow are the black flakes of ash falling from the sky. That's not good. And I think it is there where we will end. <laughs> With the zinger. <laughs> because as always, you can find us on Twitter at MattComRPG. That's spelled M-A-T-C-O-M-R-P-G. We also have an email address, which is MaterialComponentsRPG at gmail.com. We always love hearing from all of our listeners, especially if they want to comment on the very special bottle episode we had for our 20th. We had a bottle episode! <laughs> yes. um, 
We had to go from extreme combat, nonstop violence and killing to very intense interpersonal relationship stuff. Save on budget. Yay. Um, uh, if you want to find me on Twitter, uh, you can do so at Elliot C. Lewis. Um, I will just have you know that the fanfic I wrote, uh, that was this episode went very differently. Cherish and Cammy and smooched a lot, but I guess that's just... Don't tell Jet. I, look, I'm here hey. to do, I'm here to do two things. Kiss, kiss, fall in love. I'm leaving. I'm leaving. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> well, if I'd known that, this campaign would have played out very differently. <laughs> it's still material components. One of them is love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh man, funny. Is that. Anyone else have. Oh Twitters? god, yeah. <laughs> I'm a, it's a hard act to follow. Yeah, I know. I'm a, I'm a crowd, Olivia. Come hang out with me. That's it. <laughs> Um, as I'm always the caboose in this, um, we have an order. I don't know if anyone else knows it yet. Um, <laughs> we, we don't. Yeah, I know. It's fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at the Readimus. Um, teach me how to use, uh, what is that? Clip studio. I, I, I don't know how to, I don't know how to use it yet. I'm bad at it. Okay. Uh, I don't have Twitter um or most social medias but um if you need to send me some good vibes um because i'm feeling a little little uh little sad after this episode um feel free to rate us on uh whatever platform uh you listen to the podcast with and um you know just give me some words of encouragement I just want to see one stop five star review where all it says is you can do it, Sid. I believe in you. I believe in you. That's it. That's all I wanted to say. No context. I, yeah, I would love that too, actually. Uh, uh, Sid, grow up three stars. <laughs> I would also accept that. I would also accept that. Oh, please don't. No. Oh my god. And of course, if you want to follow me personally on Twitter, you can do so at MK Gorgoni. You can also hear me every week talk about pop culture and all of its strange foibles over at my other podcast, Panel Up, where I and John Campbell talk about all the ins and outs of pop culture in all of its weird glory. I think uh, when this episode is released, we will have just reviewed... um, is Hellboy? I believe Hellboy is coming out uh, really, really soon. So we'll be talking about that movie. Uh, yeah, it's. I think it's like the second week of April. Um, oh, I could man. be wrong. Or no, we will be talking about uh, Shazam. That's it. That comes out beforehand. <gasps> ah, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Um, yeah, and a read may be on that episode. Who knows? We'll see. I really hope so. It's your boy. It's your boy. Um So, yes. Uh, and, of course, if you want to follow Omatep on Twitter, even though he is not actively in this episode, you can do so at NPC underscore AN, because even when he is Sir not appearing in this podcast, he is, of course, (laughs) an important NPC. As always, y'all, the world is chaos, so please be kind. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. See you. Bye.